0: As you may know, Friday, March 10th, was the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television series debuting in the United States. In observation of this global holiday, (laughs) I wrote a special song called Demons to Fight, inspired by my personal experience of being impacted by the show. You can download that song for free by visiting bufferingthevampireslayer.com. It's really good. Oh, thanks.
2: It really is. It's so great. And thank you for writing it. Thanks for making me write it. You're, I did make you write it. Um, before we get into today's episode, the other thing that we want to let you know is that we have new merchandise. I say that hesitantly because we have sold through two runs of the new shirts uh, thus far. We have a new shirt that says Just Keep Fighting, designed by Allison Weiss. And a new shirt that says Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy, designed by Isabella Rotman. They are in our store, which you can find by going to that same website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, and just clicking on store. Uh, And we are doing our best to keep them in stock. Thank you so much for the overwhelming response. Uh, The designs by both of those two people were phenomenal, and we love them just as much as you. Um, And we also have a brand new pin in the store that is taken from the design from Christine Tuna. It's a little moon with a little stake and a little hand. It's Yay. enamel, and it rules. So you can go on over and get yourself some buffering merch if you want. And if it's out of stock, just be patient. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook at BufferingCast, and we will let you know when we restock those items. We're doing our best. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. So uh, with all of that under our belts, let's do this. Good day and welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, good a day podcast. She said,
2: good day,
0: where we'll be watching, you changed it up, folks, and discussing <laughs> every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. I am Jenny Owen Youngs, and I am Kristen Russo. And this
2: week we are talking about season two, episode nine, "What's My Line?" Part one. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing.
0: What's My Line, part one, was written by Marty Noxon. Marty Noxon! And Howard Gordon. And Howard Gordon.
2: Sorry, sorry, and Howard Gordon. I'm just excited about Marty Noxon. Me too.
0: (laughs) And directed by David Solomon. It originally aired on November 17th, 1997. Wow. Just a few days before... My sixteenth birthday?
2: Yeah. Aw. Wow. Cool. That's so sweet. <laughs> this is the one where Spike brings in three professional bounty hunters to eliminate Buffy while she ponders on what her profession might be if her fate wasn't already sealed. Dun dun dun. Dun dun. dun. It's been very hard lately to watch. The first part of these two-part episodes, and not watch the second episode. Mm -hmm. We did a um live Buffy watch to celebrate the anniversary, and we watched Welcome to the Hellmouth, and it was almost impossible to not continue (laughs) with the Harvest. I was like, Luke, what's gonna happen? He's in the crypt with Mm -hmm. the okay. (laughs) But that's
0: that's that episode,
2: and this is this episode.
0: Kristen just wants a Luke prequel spin-off series. I would
2: watch a Luke spin-off series so <laughs> hard. So hard. Wow.
0: I would. I love Luke. Speaking of so hard. <laughs> oh, you know boy. what's tough? <laughs> Having to endure career week when you've already been fated uh, as the chosen one yeah. to slay vampires for the rest of your natural life.
2: This is like this is like how, how elementary schools do like, you know, bring your mom to work day or bring your mom to work, bring your mom to school day. Like they do like mother's day celebrations, but Mm -hmm. some kids like don't have a mom or they have two dads or like whatever. And they're like, what do I do on this day? Because no one took my family structure into consideration. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening to Buffy here. Buffy is like the fuck guys. Like I, what, why didn't you take into consideration the fact that there might be a slayer in your midst Mm -hmm. who can't have a career because she will either be dead or still slaying vampires,
0: you know? Um, I don't know if this will help Buffy feel any better. Probably not. But Career Week seems like kind of a sham.
2: Yeah, Xander calls it out right at the jump, like right at the start. Xander is like, I don't understand how these tests that we're taking could possibly determine who we're going to be for the rest of our lives, which he's saying in the context of Career Week, but I read, heard, whatever, As a commentary on standardized testing. Wow. You know? Yeah. I I have a lot of feelings about standardized testing. Don't we all? Uh, But (laughs) I...
0: Come on. We do. You don't have feelings about... No, I do have feelings about... But the idea of standardized testing as something that, like, a lot of people have, like, very passionate feelings about, just, like, I'm just not sure. I mean, a lot of people have either been to school or have been to school and also have kids in
2: school. So I think it's... a. I'll throw down on it. You okay, know what I mean?
0: no need to throw down. I was Ray.
2: Re- I was I went to a school that was very anti standardized testing. Um and so I think I've had it in my brain for a long time that making people take tests to measure their aptitude is a pretty tricky thing. And I agree with you that it, for careers it's
0: it's super tricky
2: as well. How do you
0: come on? It, do you like shrubs? Yeah. I mean it's so <laughs> <laughs> There's a prison guard booth specifically. Like, it just seems like two. It's like two micro and two macro simultaneously. Wow. But here we are. And Talking you know who loves Career anyway. Day? Principal Snyder. Well, I don't know if he loves it so much as he endures it. And embraces it as something children don't like. Right. Well, maybe? that's yeah. I think that's what it is. I think
2: that Principal Snyder loves any time that he has authority over the students and can make them feel horrible about themselves. <laughs> right, right. Which right, is right, right. which happens here. Um. But but let's let's start at the beginning. So we enter this episode in the classic fashion of a banner pan down. We we, we focus in on Career Day. And then we panned down. And I remember <laughs> this move from Halloween because we focused in on the jack-o'-lantern sale, <laughs> whatever right, it was. It right. was like Bob's Pumpkin Patch. Yep, yep,
0: yep. We down. We also may have seen a similar thing in Inca Mummy Girl at the, at the Natural the, History Museum Cultural Exchange Cultural Exhibition. Exchange. Exchange.
2: And who knows what we saw for the science fair.
0: Yeah. A lot of,
2: you know, you got to give Sunnydale High School some credit. A lot of extracurricular activities. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, remember when Buffy was painting that banner Yeah, for uh, Parent Teacher Night? Right. They love a banner. They love a good banner. Well, think back on your high school experience Yeah, and a lot of banners. The occurrence of banners. <laughs> they were everywhere. <laughs> you know who was always making banners at my school? Who? The cheerleading squad. Oh. You were very observant of the cheerleading squad at your high school? Well, not in like a no. hey ladies way. It was <laughs> because w- it was a, just a different time for me. I was like- huh, cheerleaders, huh, football, huh. Uh, little you know, did you know that you that that feeling was actually
2: masking your true feeling, which was fear that at any moment they might break out into synchronized movements.
0: Yes, thus <laughs> rendering me, uh, you know, out of control of my yeah. mechanical functions. You hate it.
2: You hate when women move at the same time, <laughs> in the same way. It disturbs
0: me in ways I can't. <laughs> Hope to explain, but Willow I also has- like had like a weird fascination with a. Cheer- we don't have to get into my whole cheerleading squad thing because you kind of wanted to be a cheerleader. A I little didn't bit. want to be a cheerleader, but like I wanted to. Kind of make fun of them for being cheerleaders, but like in a in a fun way. Like I wanted us to like all be in on the joke, and I wanted them to like make fun of me for being not a cheerleader. Uh, You saw in your world a vision of, I mean, in your brain
2: a a vision of a world where we could exist despite our differences. Exactly, celebrate each other. That's
0: what I'm talking by making fun of each other. Yeah, what a great world that would have been. Good-natured ribbing. Yes, (laughs) I'm always in favor. Of a good natured ribbing moving right along. Moving right
2: along, um, Kate is not with us this week, so I am going to carry the torch of talking about some fashion moments. Carry
0: that torch. I will not,
2: uh, please. Last week's fashion episode with the tweed, I'm then that, that's I can't touch Kate. That was extraordinary. extraordinary, but I do want to say that I definitely was a willow in this episode. My Kristen 1997 dressed very much like a willow in this episode she was wearing right, right when she walked in she had like maroon corduroys or maroon textured pants uh-huh, uh-huh. with a green sweater that had orange arms it was like... The entire autumnal palette. Exactly. If you were to set your table for Thanksgiving dinner, you yes. use Willow's outfit.
0: Seriously. Or
2: Kristen 1997's outfit. I, right. I really went the same earth-tony
0: You can route. even reference, for accuracy, mm-hmm. our recent uh, refabrication of our ni- of us as our 1997 yes. selves yes. in celebration of the Buffy 20th anniversary You can find pictures of me and Kristen in our freshly purchased and (laughs) freshly washed Salvation Army outfits. Uh, Yeah,
2: we'll put that up on Patreon for everyone. So you don't have to be a a supporter. You can just see it so that it's it's in a centralized
0: location. location. Kristen also bleached uh, a streak in her hair. I did. Guys. Very, very impulsively. I was driving to go swimming
2: and I knew Jenny and I had planned for the 20th anniversary to go to the Salvation Army to purchase clothing because that's what we did in high school. That's where I, we got our clothing in high school, mm-hmm. both of us and many people in the 90s. Um, and we <laughs> were going to, you know, get Get as close to how we looked on March 10th, 1997 for the live watch that we did together with many of you. And I was I was like, I'm going to go swimming and then I'll meet you at the Salvation Army. And I'm driving to go swimming. And on my way, I'm like, what would I have worn in 1997? Like trying to brainstorm. And all of a sudden it hit me. Oh my God. In 1997, I would have had my blonde streak. I had one streak of hair. If you are familiar with my so-called life, you will remember <laughs> a character named Rayon Graff, who I was obsessed with in high school. And I wanted to be just like her. And I was much more an Angela Chase. And, but I wanted to be a Ran, just like Angela Chase. And um, <laughs> I so I dyed my hair just like her. I got a blonde streak. And I had it for years. I think I did it in 1996 or maybe even 1995. And I had it until about 2003 or something, maybe even longer. Wow. Was a really big trademark of me. It was it was like my thing, and then I let it grow out at some point, and I never got it back. And then you know, I, I think about it all the time, and I was like, maybe I'm too old now to have like a blonde streak in my hair. And I've been back and forth like a fool, like a, like a silly fool, Ooh, just waiting for permission. Just yeah, waiting for permission from who? And then I had this moment where I was like, oh my god, I have to do this. I literally like I have to do it right now. So I yelped a salon and. Found one, I called them, they were like, one streak, we'll do that for $30. And I was like, score, made an appointment, texted Jenny and was like, meet me at the salon at 1.30. Oh
0: my God.
2: <laughs> and there we went. And, and now I have a blonde streak. Was so great. And I feel like I've come back to myself. It looks tremendous. I'm not even like- It
0: looks so great. Maybe
2: via podcast, I sound like I'm being facetious in a way and I'm not. I like feel like I have returned to myself yeah. in a way that I could cannot describe. So I can't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Great. And anyway, you know, thank you for taking that blonde streak tangent with me. Yeah. Um but I have Buffy to thank, you know. Thanks Buffy. I already had so many things to thank Buffy for and now I can thank I can thank <laughs> you for another thing Buffy for helping me find myself in another way, a hair dyeing way.
0: Oh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate it too from the you know, from the person who's not you who mm. gets to look at your blonde streak all day. That's right. It's great. I love it. Thank you so much. So, Cordelia is mean to Xander. Buffy doesn't know if she likes shrubs. (laughs) Buffy's also very grumpy. Yeah, no, everyone's grumpy in this episode. This is a big grump episode. Everyone is
2: on edge. Giles is on edge. She yells at Xander. Buffy is on edge. She yells at everyone. Angel is on edge. Mm -hmm. Who else? Spike. Very. Grumpy, so grumpy. He can't. He snaps at Drusilla, which oh. is so, so sad, but so hilarious. It, Drusilla really reminded me of myself when Jenny does something like that to me. You know, like very, <laughs> very dramatically wounded. You know, like yeah, you, snap me and I'll I be know, like, no. And then I get I wilt like a flower. Uh huh. Yes, you and do. and it works every time. Well, just like it worked for Drusilla. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so also when we see Spike and Drusilla, we meet a new vampire who I have called, I have named Harry Potter Vamp. He's the Harry Potter Vamp. He's got little spectacles. He's
0: very smart. A little sweater vest. Little sweater vest. Studios. Yeah. His name is Dalton, but He's, let's yeah. just call him HPV. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Welp. Good old HPV. On the scene. Always there when you need him. <laughs>
2: Oh, wow. Jokes about STIs are my favorite. Great. Okay, great, so great, great. <laughs> I
0: love his squeak when Spike, like, yanks him up from the chair. Uh-huh.
2: So great. And then, you know, Spike and Drusilla have this moment, right, where Spike snaps at Drew, and Drew gets very sad, and um, Drusilla is using her tarot cards, which are <laughs> – are we, we read a little bit about the tarot cards that Marty Noxon was like, I don't really know about tarot cards, so I'm going to make them fit <laughs> – <laughs> what just I, put whatever just I need put, yeah, I would like this to be on the tarot cards I'm curious to, to hear if any of you um, I'm sure that a lot of you know a lot about tarot mm-hmm. uh, who are listening so I would be curious to hear your thoughts if you have some thoughts on that tarot deck that we see in this episode write at us and let us know um, what you're thinking? Because I, yeah, there's... it's very beautiful. It is gorgeous, and tarot. I mean, you know, tarot decks. I don't know a lot about them, but I have had a few in my life, and wow. um, they are very varied. You know, and mm. they and they can. People do take, I think, big artistic liberties with portraying the thing that is supposed to be on the card. Um, so I read that little thing about the tarot deck, but I'm not 100 behind it yet, and I, that's why I want to hear from somebody who knows more about tarot because. I think you are, you know, allowed to take certain liberties with the illustrations, so long as the general idea of the card is there. But I don't know. i'm just I'm just making stuff up as I do. It sounded really convincing. yeah, i I can also do that.
0: I wonder <laughs> I wonder what the centipede card might mean under other circumstances. Yeah, the centipede card
2: is the one that gives me the most pause. But like the tiger card, I feel like, uh, pretty sure it's a jaguar. I'm sorry. Uh, jaguar card. I, w- I want you to know, listeners, that probably 70% of my relationship to Jenny is misnaming large cats and being corrected.
0: <laughs> it's true. No. Yes. Okay,
2: fine. But at least 10%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyhow, the thing that I was leading to was Spike and Drusilla, after this moment of snapdom, uh, come together in the sweetest, most loving way. I love their love so much. Spike, the cut right before the credits. Spike picks Drusilla up and spins her around in his arms because she wanted to dance, but she's too weak to dance. You oh
0: guys, Oh, God, it's really nice. Oh, I love it. And also, <sighs> kind of mirrors all of the spinning that Buffy does later when she's uh, skating oh, at the ice, ice rink by That's herself. True. Buffy on ice. Jenny, I don't.
2: I know you've written a lot of songs lately. Yes. Uh, I know there's so been a many. lot of music, a lot of Buffy music in your life lately, but I just want to say that Spike has Spike certainly has a jingle coming his way. I know a lot of you are impatient for the Spike jingle. We will give you the jingle when it when he earns it. Yes, and he's not there yet. But you know, I think that Spike and Drusilla deserve a collective love jingle. Wow. I feel stronger about their love at this point than I feel about anybody else's love. Wow. So, um that's a lie, except for Giles and Ethan Rain. <laughs> <laughs> but besides besides Giles and Ethan Rain, number one love, Spike and Dre
0: So wow. just think on it. Think Okay, on it. I'm gonna have a think. Great. And we'll see if anything comes up. Great. So
2: okay. More songs. Great. So the credits, right?
0: We've yes. Done, we're, we're only twenty minutes
2: in. <laughs> it's like the more we do this podcast the more i have to say about every episode by the end by season seven each episode will we'll be, be like, like segmented four, yeah four <laughs> yeah. parts um okay so, so here's
0: hpv stealing across yeah, yeah yeah buffy's all like huh vampire is stealing yeah and then she kills one but then hpv gets away right and uh, you know what I really liked in this scene um, that I don't think we've seen before? She dusts that vamp, and then we see the dust yes. splash into the, the little fountain pool. I liked that. Great touch. Some metaphysics right there. Uh, extreme metaphysics. Yeah. Um, and, and then Buffy crawls
2: through her window, despite, <laughs> despite <laughs> Joyce being away in Los Angeles on art business. Art biz. Uh, and uh, by, it, by force in, of habit. in her room is
0: Angel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Buffy, you scared me, said Angel while clutching a small stuffed pig to his bosom. <laughs> the fuck? Well, wow, first mention of Angel's bosom in our yeah, podcast. Hopefully
2: not the last. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great moment. I really love Angel in, in this like period of time. I really enjoy the like uh, angel falling for Buffy, Buffy falling for angel angel. Yeah, yeah. It's very sweet and very endearing. They're
0: just a regular kid and her cradle robbing (laughs) creature of the night boyfriend. (laughs) It's so nice though that they have like a humorous rapport around this. You know,
2: it's great. They, don't, they they understand who they are to each other. And and this scene is really important. Actually, I think this episode is a very important episode for Buffy and Angel. Because, you know, we've seen Buffy say she loves Angel. And, like, obviously there's their relationship is developing. But there's something really specific about their scenes in this episode. Yeah. Um, this scene in the bedroom where, like, he's looking at pictures of her as a kid. And uh-huh, she's telling uh-huh. him how, what do you have to say? You can't even Can say even-
0: romantica. That's okay. All.
2: That's all you had to get out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she, she, she like was like jumping up and down in her seat. No,
0: I was thinking about later how when they're at the ice rink after yes. they they fought with the Taraka dude, how Buffy is like, "Oh, this cut over your eye," and Angel's like, "You shouldn't have to touch me when I'm in vamp face." Uh huh. And then Sarah Michelle Geller spreading it on like somebody ordered fucking triple extra mayo on their goddamn sandwich. <laughs> I didn't even notice, like touching his face and fucking just turning it up to eleven. Yes, I'm into it. Turn it up to seventeen. Yeah. no, I. Well, I mean, uh, has she turned seventeen yet?
2: <laughs> She's about to. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but yeah, that that was the other thing that I was going to reference. But in the in the bedroom too, you know, it's like that that moment that you have when you start dating a person and you get to a place where you start talking about your childhood. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you're. And then they're to- like.
0: There's a nice rink out on Route 17. It's closed, it's closed on, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. And then you're like, tomorrow's Tuesday. <laughs> but yeah, thank what you. What are the odds? God,
2: you know, I'm just sitting here trying to have a serious moment. And old <laughs> ba dump bumpcha over in the corner. It's both serious and hilarious. It is. Um, but yeah, I feel that a lot happens between these two. And, um, you know, but also Buffy is super snappy to Angel, like we discussed, very snappy. Also, Angel has a moment that I love where he's like, Bobby's like, oh, well, this stuff is going on at school. And Angel's like, career weed? And she, <laughs> she looks at I'm like, yeah, what? And he's like, I lurk. <laughs> Which is just, again, calling out what we know to be true about Angel.
0: He's always lurking yeah. around some corner. Like, like, See, it seems like Sunnydale High School never closes. It just empties and darkens and then... <laughs> you know, repopulates. Yeah. But is never locked. Mm-hmm. I like to picture Angels sort of walking through the halls at like two in the morning looking for like <laughs> looking through all of like the art classes, like work that's Aww. hung up in the hallway, like looking for Buffy's Aww, uh, seeing if like it's still life.
2: Yeah, seeing if like she's drawn his face. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or a mirror, an empty mirror. Oh my God! An empty mirror to symbolize his face. Wow. Um. Great. So back to the high school. Speaking of the high school, everybody mm. learns their career assignments.
0: Do you buy Xander as a prison guard? No. Here's the only like the worst possible. Like right now, Xander is 16. He could go anywhere. <laughs> he could develop in so many different ways, and we'll see him develop in the way that he does develop per mm-hmm. the canon of the story. But I could see Xander ending up working at like Litchfield. Oh my god! Prison, like I could see him being That's a guard true. at like a women's prison, and being like, like he could either be the guy he that could gets Daya the... pregnant, or he could be a spoiler spoilers for <laughs> Orange is the New Black, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or he could be porn stash. Like I think
2: he would be porn. That P- porn stash is a, is a nice. Uh... Does anyone else call him porn uh... stash? Uh... Yeah, that's what they call him on the okay, show. Okay, I, I just panicked that that was our nickname for him. No, no, no. Um, okay. no, he's
0: ba- bad. He, well, bad. He's he's like he's
2: complicated. Damaged. He's right. Exactly. He's bad. Of course, he's bad. But he's yeah. I think that might be an interesting. Okay, whatever. You know what? I'm not Enough. The Xander. point is, we don't need to get seven hundred thousand more emails about Xander. I can't
0: wait for more Xander ah. emails. That folder's really filling up at our inbox. (laughs) We literally have a Xander email inbox file. Um, But anyway, moving
2: right along, the one thing I did want to talk about in this um, career conversation that they have in this moment is that uh, Buffy gets assigned to law enforcement. And I just thought it was um, something to be noted that the way that they describe law enforcement here is polyester, donuts, and brutality. Yeah. Because we're in 1997. And I think a lot of people, especially if you're a younger person mm-hmm. just visiting the series, you know, maybe you think that the conversation around, like, police brutality and- Is the, new. Is new. It's very, very old, uh, much older than 1997. But I just thought it was um, interesting that, you know, that line could have been written verbatim today and been just as relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting is the wrong word. Totally fucked up. How, mm. That's a better word, mm-hmm. a collection of words. Um Then we go to the library.
0: And there's Buffy being as 16 as she can be. (laughs) So 16. (laughs) Uh, Sniffing and snapping, talking about how she has no time to shop. She'd have as much time to shop if she were dead as she does now because of her slayer duties. Yep. And then she uh, says something about the whole nine yards.
2: We looked it up, and turns out the reason that that must have been in there, and Giles didn't answer her right away of where that phrase came from, is because kind of no one Nobody
0: knows. knows. Nobody knows
2: where the, where the whole nine yards came Nobody from. Knows. People are like, ah, maybe it came from. Uh, no one
0: knows. She also says, "Have a cow, Giles," which is not the common usage. What's the common usage? Don't have a cow, man. Yeah. But she's saying that he is having a cow. I think it's
2: peculiar. I think it's great writing. I'm not
0: saying it's not great writing. No, I know. I don't know what I'm saying.
2: I'm just saying it reminds me of the way you write lyrics, you know? Wow. You like to turn things on their head. It's just you don't, turning it
0: right around on me. I'm here. just
2: saying that that's the way you use words. It's a great way to use. I love to turn phrases inside out. I it's love great. To turn phrases okay, out, says my wife. Well, what I wanted to mention in this um, piece of the show is also the way that Giles and Buffy are interacting. Because a lot of times, I mean, there is like a dadliness to it, but more than that, there's like an old married couple vibe to this exchange you know where like they kind of get in like t- they get to a tense place and then yeah. giles is like do we have to be introspective right now can we just focus on the cross yeah which i felt which reminded me of an old married couple because it reminded me of us yeah it was like didn't we just end a conversation that way last night right where like you start to get into your emotions and then you're like you know what we do this every day let's just <laughs> let's skip the feelings today and just get to for the point. One day let's just get to the point um but yeah there's a lot of Giles-Buffy tension.
0: Then but we go back to Spice Place. Who's also snapping and snapping. He's got in He's had some anger issues. He kicks a box. Uh, also, Dalton bringing the wisdom. You mean the Slayer, H- HPV. HPV. The Slayer is trouble. Thank you, Dalton. Thank you for this helpful contribution to the conversation. It's like
2: as though he wouldn't have learned by now to not interrupt I mean to not like say anything about the Slayer first of all because it's an obvious trigger it's point triggering for Spike. For Spike, absolutely. but like he's being romantic with Drusilla, really bad timing, HPV. Yeah.
0: Um, also, Spike. Spike brings up uh, calling on the Order of Taraka. Yes. And uh, HPV is like, don't you think that's overkill? And Spike says, No, I think it's just enough kill. And I'd like to move if the Order of Taraka is still in operation. Mm-hmm. I think maybe now would be a good time for them to adopt. Just enough kill. Oh, as their slogan. slogan. Yeah.
2: Order of Taraka, just enough kill.
0: Yeah. Nice. They could get t-shirts made. Oh, that's so nice. Little
2: like caps. Yeah. You should let Willie at the bar know. He'll he'll communicate. (laughs) Willie. Yeah. It's our first time that we see Willie. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but yeah. uh, First time we meet Willie, we'll see Willie again. He runs
0: a Demon Bar. No big
2: deal. Yeah.
0: But before we get to
2: Willie, we get to Snyder.
0: Snyder Uh, has a
2: nice moment here. Laying down a blanket of frost upon the children of Sunnydale. Just coming in to tell Xander that he's stupid and that- (laughs) A waste of air. An airborne toxic event is the quote that he used. (laughs) Um, But, and then, okay, so sidebar, there's this little subplot that doesn't go anywhere in this particular episode, and I actually don't remember if it goes anywhere, where these two men in black,
0: I call them, Mm -hmm. whisk Willow away to behind uh, the black velvet curtain that's been hung in front of the student lounge. Yeah, where they're serving canapes. Uh, bu- being served canapes by a guy in like a white, like tuxedo jacket butler outfit. Yeah. And and so too sh- fancy. She's been selected
2: to meet with the head of Bliggity Blah. Some software company. Some software company, along with Oz, who has so- the best uh, look. The best look. He's holding the plate of snacks. He looks. And he's over. staring at them, and then he
0: looks at her, and his moment of recognition. His neck, like, grows like three inches. Yeah. He's just like, "What's that girl?" Right.
2: It's like it's like you can see in his mind every moment that he said to date. Who's Who is that, that girl? girl? <laughs> click, 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 yeah. and there she is. So great, so so great. Um. So yeah. So and then my I go right to uh, the Delac grave. Situation. Sure,
0: you don't want to mention that there's a pyramid tomb a that pyramid? they walk by in that cemetery. Oh,
2: didn't Greenwood Cemetery have a pyramid tomb or two? I don't
0: remember that, but I do know that Nicolas Cage either purchased a oh. pyramid tomb or has has like oh, ordered, boy. he bought the space in a, a cemetery in New Orleans build to build a, a large pyramid for himself. That is interesting. Yeah.
2: Is there like a magical purpose to that?
0: Probably. Probably, right? Okay, it's probably something. Well,
2: I'm glad we talked about it. Um, no, the thing that I like in this scene is this moment, and I it was it was funny because I said earlier in the episode to Jenny, like, does anyone ever wonder, like, does Joyce ever ask Buffy why she's wearing a crucifix next necklace, or sorry, not a crucifix, a, a cross? Right, right. Because
0: um, we don't see them go to church. Right,
2: like we get a very strong, we don't get a very strong like religious vibe coming from the Summers household. So, you know, if your 16-year-old daughter who you haven't raised in, you know, an extremely religious way (laughs) is wearing a cross around her neck, it just seems like a point of conversation. But then I thought this was interesting because I I felt my point was proven about their experience with religion Mm. when Giles is like, oh, you know, this is is the kind of place where they keep fingers or some other body parts of, like, saints. (laughs) And Buffy says, note to self, religion, freaky. (laughs) Pretty great. Um, Which kind of underlines, right. But my point. But I think in the 90s, people were wearing crosses regardless Actually, of their you know church attendance. You're right. Yeah, you are correct, Jenny. I'm sorry, I forgot. You're right. Um. So Dulac,
0: Dulac, Dulac, Dulac. Right, 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 right. So we find out that he that that the thing that was probably taken from the grave was a a key to unlock mm-hmm. the book that Giles had that was coded. Yeah.
1: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Yes. Um,
0: then we see yes. some Order of Taraka members arrive in Sunnydale. We see... Basically, Sabretooth. Yeah. <laughs> we see Sabretooth get off of a bus. <laughs> we, see we see Worm Man. Worm Man. Nathan Fister.
2: Yeah, and I um, I remember, so I've only seen the series once, and I don't remember a lot of details. I remember this guy. He makes an impression. He really made an impression on me. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, no, it's the guy whose arm is made of worms. Oh, it's Norman
0: Pfister. Sorry. Norman Pfister. Uh, so he uh, promptly moves into the house next door to Buffy. And then we see a beautiful woman in silk pajama bottoms Uh, emerge from the hold of a plane after knocking out the poor innocent
2: plane checker man.
0: Yes, you know,
2: but yeah, a beautiful, a beautiful lady in silken pajama pants. Perfect. I really do love her outfit. It's amazing. Looks incredible. Solid clothing choices. Um Jenny said we weren't allowed to say I feel like it's weird that we're not saying her name and I just want to let you know it's because Jenny has a plan. <laughs> she said to me before we started recording the episode, this is how I want to play it.
0: I just want to refer to her as a beautiful woman until in silk pajama bottoms until we get to a certain point. So is that, that so wrong?
2: So no, it's not wrong. But I felt like I needed to lift the curtain. Yeah, thank
0: you. <laughs> so then, uh, there the Scoobies are in the library. Xander's making some jokes. Slay slew crossomatic. Slay
2: slew is Willow. First of all. Well, whatever.
0: People are talking about stuff.
2: Parasomatic is Xander. And Xander has a really great, or they all have a great moment after Xander makes his jokes and he just like looks around the (laughs) room. (laughs) They they just fall with a thud and everyone's like, do we have to acknowledge uh, that that just happened? That's a great edit. They gave just enough time for for
0: everyone to see. (laughs) My favorite moment. Okay. And they're all researching Delac. And w- one of their sources, apparently, is an issue of National Geographic yeah. that Willow is reading that Delac was, I guess, featured in in some way. That checks out to me. It
2: seems like the kind of story that National Geographic would cover. Do you think they had to yeah. get permission from National Geographic? don't know probably right Maybe. i don't think you can just put national geographic on your show which is awesome if they did have to check with national geographic mm. and nat geo was like yes, yes we love your show we love your show mm. Put put us on there we would totally write an, uh, an article about Delac." <laughs> <laughs> um and then buffy is like i gotta bounce because i gotta go ice skating and all
0: the dudes are like but you can't and then willow's like Oh no! It's really important for her to leave and rest.
2: Which is great. <laughs> which is great. Helping out, Hel- helping a girl out. Um, I also just want to make a note here: Buffy's wearing a different cross around her neck. It's tiny. From this point on, and from this point to the end of the episode, it's a small cross.
0: Yeah, maybe she's having the cross that Angel gave her polished at the silvery. I wondered if there was like some significance, and I
2: tried. You know, we get emails from you guys so often that when I, I ask questions like this. You know, people are like, well, Kristen, the red streak on his face was to mirror. Right. Blah, 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 blah. And it's so smart. And I'm like, man, they're always so smart. And so I sat and I thought and I thought and I thought. And I tried to think of a really smart reason why she would not have the big cross on. And now she'd have the small cross. And I couldn't do it. So I guess it's just not my role. It's yours. If you have some theories. Please let us know. Please let us know. Or maybe they just lost the cross that day for for shooting. Could be. <laughs> um. Oh, the ice skating rink. What a montage. So... flibbity um, flibbity Sarah Michelle Gellar on her resume, professional ice skater. We learned with some cursory Googling mm. that Darla...
0: Uh, Julie Benz.
2: Julie Benz, <laughs> or maybe both of them. Right. <laughs> um, Dar- uh, Julie Benz was ranked like the 12th best ice skater in the U.S. And then later, Michelle Trachtenberg had to learn how to be a great ice skater for a Disney thing in 2005. So- now, if
0: you don't know who Michelle Trachtenberg is... Don't look it up. Never mind. <laughs> you know, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll just get there. Hold your horses. So anyway, so anyway, Buffy is just skating her heart out, waiting for her BF to show up. When suddenly she's yanked out of the rink by the neck by mm-hmm. Taraka uh,
2: number one.
0: Sabertooth, Sabretooth. Sabretooth. <laughs> uh, they're struggling. Then Angel shows up and he's like, ah, I'm a vampire. And then. And then. Buffy grabs a hold of the
2: net and picks her whole bottom half of her body up and uses the blade on her ice skate yes. to slit his throat. Um, that happens. It's so great. It's, I think it's my favorite kill so far. Have you ever seen somebody get their
0: throat cut and then not bleed at all?
2: No, but you told me it was because it was on the WB and they probably couldn't show it. I did tell you that. So I don't know if and that's I stand true. by it. Because I was really excited because there's nothing more powerful than blood trickling out over ice or snow. It's a very powerful image. So when it happened, I was like really excited for the image and then I didn't get it. I was just really excited for that pool of blood to start growing. Yeah. Yeah. But this is kill. I don't know if you've ever watched Lost, there's an episode of Lost where Saeed um, kills a guy with his thighs. Uh, He like snaps the guy's neck using his thigh muscles. Hell yeah. And it has stayed with me forever because I was like, that is amazing. Like, what a sick kill. And I put this kill right up there with it. It was a great kill by Buffy. Uh, And what a
0: perfect man okay saeed yes i think people might have thought you were talking about uh saber (laughs) tooth no 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 saeed is a perfect man yes okay so drusilla can feel him die yes he dies and we see her flip Flip. his card over Mm -hmm. and i'm confused because drusilla
2: says there's three but giles says they will come forever and so I, maybe you know what, I mean, does Drusilla know that only three of them are on the case? Was Giles
0: wrong? I, the way that I interpreted it, and I don't remember if we get any more information about this, mm-hmm. was that um, Spike was like, yo, Order of Taraka. And Drusilla had either just flipped over these three cards or subsequently immediately flipped them over. And it was those, oh, those three. particular
2: three. Yeah.
0: So I don't know if like, I don't know how Spike is like paying for this. <laughs> maybe he like maybe he only paid for three. Right, right, um, right, right. But but who knows? Maybe we'll find out in um, part two. Yeah, because Giles makes it sound like being they'll paid... just keep coming.
2: Well, because you know Giles. When he gives us the history or the, like, mythology of the Order of Taraka, we learn that they are so dangerous because they have no earthly desires. And so that's what I think threw me into confusion because, you know, yeah, fine, maybe Spike paid three in quotes, but, like, it sounds by Giles' description that they don't care about money, they don't care about any you know that their their only desire well, is to is hit to their mark.
0: Hit their mark and collect their bounty. So they do care uh,
2: only about money, but no other earthly desires and that kind of brings us to this scene between Giles and Buffy and and the Scooby Gang um hmm. where he scares the shit out of Buffy. Giles does or at least Giles in combination with Angel And it leads to this scene where Buffy is walking down the school hallway, and there are a couple of, like, funny moments in the scene, like, when the guy, the teacher combing his hair, like, hits this sound cue, right? (laughs) Like, that's pretty great, but... But it's like Buffy's kind of having an anxiety attack of some form, I think, in this scene. And I I say that as somebody who has had anxiety attacks where, you know, she's really just like the the world is kind of like closing in on her um, and she doesn't know like what what is real and what is not kind of a deal um and she winds up you know pinning oz up against the the wall and then she like walks she's kind of like in a daze she walks to her house she passes her house and of course she eventually winds up at angels um she's really scared and Mm -hmm. this is really only like the sex Maybe the third time we've seen Buffy this scared, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, seen Buffy scared. One being, of course, she was afraid of the ventriloquist dummy. (laughs) She she had a very off episode that episode. But then, uh, you know, Prophecy Girl. Right. She's obviously very scared. Um, But she has two people who usually are trusting her to fight, telling her to hide. So you kind of get where her fear is coming from. Um, And lucky for us, that means we get to see a whole bunch of the inside of Angel's
0: uh, apartment. Yes. We've seen the fridge before. Right. <laughs> I feel like his apartment was sadder the last time we were there. Uh, and now it has a statue in a glass case. It with does. Some very museum like lighting. Very
2: nice desk area. I like Angel's desk. I like that workstation. Right? A good chair. His, his tousled twin bed covers. Oh.
0: Is it a twin? It's very small,
2: yeah. It's mm. a very small bed, which it does not add up to as Angel to me. I feel like if Angel would have like a king size bed with with like yeah. red velvet blankets, yeah. which he does have the yeah. blankets, <laughs> but like the the bed, just I would have think I would have thought it would be bigger. Um, but yeah, so we we get to see Angel's apartment. Buffy is staying there, hiding. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and she kind of
2: falls asleep. Yeah, and this also, like, reminded me of the fact that in the 90s, because I was like, man, Joyce is away. like, the only way that Joyce can reach Buffy is by calling the house phone. And Buffy's not there. And Buffy's not there. And Buffy, like, hasn't really been there. And and it reminded me of the fact that, you know, now, you know, your kid goes, whatever, you can reach them at any point in time. Constant contact. Constant contact. What's that song you're singing? Constant craving. Oh. I don't know that song. What? Jetty. Anyway. You know. Okay. We'll talk about that. on um, fair. Um, but yeah. So, you know, I just remembered that like, your my mom couldn't reach me unless I was in a place where she knew where I was. It's just a different way of, of being a parent back then. Yeah. Um... Anyway, luckily, I don't think Joyce calls. Right, right. So she's we're busy fine.
0: with art. I want to hop back for just a second because yeah. uh, there's something that nobody cares about except me that I'd like to talk about and something that's important I to the art I am certain here.
2: that at least one other person cares about whatever it is you're okay, going to say. Okay, well, the thing
0: that I care about is that they just slice the Taraka saber-tooth guy's throat with an ice skate and leave him there on the ice. When the rink opens tomorrow, <laughs> do the rink attendants just happen upon they get that old zamboni out you know oh, what i mean boy i know what you mean i
2: just really wanted an excuse to say zamboni and so thank you, you.
0: found it <laughs> thank That's you great. for giving it to me now the second thing about that scene that i'd like to mention that we didn't mention mm-hmm. is that a beautiful woman in silk pajama <laughs> bottom sees buffy making out with a vampire oh right
2: of course sorry i, I did miss so that. that that's a key key moment
0: Important
2: and she is like, What the fuck? Yes, that's her inner monologue.
0: And then Angel pays a a visit to his old pal, Willie, the bartender, the demon bartender.
2: Willie, Willie, doing his best job at the stereotype of an Italian barkeep. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) which I enjoy as an Italian, right? Right, right, right. Sorry, I know, feels like home, feels like home because you know, stereotypes sometimes are real accurate. And let me tell you what, I know a lot of Willies, that's all. I know some Willies too. I'm from New Jersey. Great. You're from oh, Long Island. Yeah, a lot of, of Willie's in uh, Long Island. Uh, in sorry, New in New Jersey and on Long there Island. There it is.
0: That is how you say those things. Um, right. So while, while Angel is questioning Willie, the reluctant snitch, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> somebody shows up and thwaps him over the head. Yeah. And it's a beautiful woman in silk pajama bottoms. Angel really milks the, like, Uh,
2: head shaking after punch situation i feel like every time angel gets punched there's like an extra couple seconds yeah
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and while they're fighting Mm -hmm. um we see the silk pajama bottom wearing beautiful woman speak for the first time does she she speaks while they're fighting uh, I thought
2: she spoke for the first time once she locked him in the cage. Well, she
0: actually says, now I think it's funny, and then closes the door. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Okay. So this is the point at which I would like for you mm-hmm. to share what you learned on the internet. Right. Well, you had
2: told me this because so Jenny has watched a lot of the DVD commentaries. Um, Well, that's I mean, I think that's that's a that's a good um, resume builder for this podcast. Um, And so you had told me before this, because when we first watched the series together, I was like, what is the deal with her accent? Like, come on. Like, what? It's just it sounds so to to me, it sounded like very inauthentic. It sounded off the mark. It sounded almost like this a stereotype of a yeah. Jamaican accent. Um, and Jenny let me know that on the DVD commentary, Marty Noxon actually talks about the fact that um, Kendra, I named her. Was I allowed Kendra. to name her now? Now was a good time. Great. Kendra was not intended to have an accent initially. It was a last minute decision. They brought a dialect coach to set. Who, for whatever reason, trained her to speak in this very specific accent, um, this very specific accent from an obscure region of Jamaica. And then I'm reading now from um, Buffy's wiki. Uh, that says cast, crew, fans, and even Bianca Lawson herself have stated that it sounded like a very bad impersonation of a common Jamaican accent. So yes, yeah. So this is just one of those things where uh, you know something happened that was off the mark. Um, it wasn't done for lack of try. It was like almost like they tried so hard. This this guy, whoever the dialect coach was, tried so hard to make it something that it wound yeah. up sounding like. Not a good thing. (laughs) Not a great thing. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. So Kendra is like, yo, the light's going to come in and kill you. Peace out. Right, 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 You're a vampire. Right. Also,
0: somehow Angel's shirt gets, like, totally opened so while now, they Angel's fight. shirt always gets totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Angel's always like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my buttons just keep falling
2: off. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, Willow's asleep at the library, which is important because when she wakes up, she says, don't warn the tadpoles. Don't warn the tadpoles. And we learn that
0: um, Willow has a fear of frogs. Great. Uh, great little character thing to note. And then and then Giles informs her like, oh, I figured out what the book is for. It's a you know, uh, how to heal a vampire yes. who is very sick. And and Willow's like, like Drusilla.
2: And 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 Cordelia and Xander have been sent to Buffy's house to see where she
0: is. And you know what's a great outfit to wear when oh, you are on the hunt to find out where your friend is? Take a polo shirt, but then cut. The sleeves off, but then make it extra long so it's yes. a dress, and yes. then tie a sweater around yes. your waist. Yes, yes. Do all those things. My sexuality is Cordelia's Saturday
2: looks. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm into I'm into Cordelia's Saturday digs, uh, and this moment that happens between Cordelia and Xander was actually people tweeted this at us constantly when we were before the election cycle this last election oh yes we were in the locker room segment of the nightmare that is the current now current administration um because we get the line verbatim from xander here where xander you know cordelia is like why'd you call me just to get a ride what am i mass transportation Mm -hmm. xander says well that's what a lot of the guys say but you know that's just locker room talk The Patriarchy The hard at work Hard at work This is blatant Patriarchy At work here Cordelia doesn't miss a beat She comes right back With a retort for Xander And I would like For us to play The Cordelia jingle For a different reason This week For the reason of Cordelia We love you And we are sorry That you have to deal Like the rest of us With the patriarchy
0: Nice Cordelia (laughs) <laughs> so then Norman Pfister shows up and he's all like rap-a-tap-tap and Cordelia's like yes and he's like would you like some free makeup samples and here's the thing mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy Cordelia's like extreme enthusiasm about, about it being samples. free I feel like she has a bar yeah. of like what kind of quality right. of cosmetics she's using and like I feel like she has a routine and a thing worked out
2: yeah like Cordelia wants to pay a lot of money for whatever she is using so It's part of her, like, status situation. Yeah, so this
0: is a small hole for me, but I'm willing to look past it, Mm -hmm. and we'll find out next week what the result of Norman Pfister entering the summer's home is. Gosh,
2: I know. That's why these TV continued episodes
0: are just, they
2: just kill me. They just kill me. Yeah. Um, So, right, Cordelia and Xander are in the house with Worm Man. That's Mm -hmm. the last we see of them before the episode ends. Angel is locked in a cage where the sunlight is slowly creeping towards him. He can't break the bars. Really intense stuff happening, and Kendra and Buffy. Now, here's my here's my thing with Kendra. Here, I, she's a, she's a vampire slayer, so right, she's Kendra. I am. She says, "Actually, why don't we, if there were ever to be an audio clip that we shared for this episode, yes, let's actually hear Kendra tell Buffy who she is.
3: Who are you? Who am I? You attack me. Who the hell are you? I'm Kendra, the Vampire Slayer.
2: Okay, so wow. Yeah, that's a big reveal, everyone. What is she talking about? She's a Vampire Slayer. Yeah, what the fuck? There's only one Vampire Slayer and it's Buffy. But if we are to believe Kendra Mm -hmm. that she is a Vampire Slayer, what kind of Vampire Slayer is she? Then she is knocking out the the airplane guy who was just a person not doing yeah, anything because yeah. Buffy wouldn't do that to a person. And also, you know, there's got to be a moment. I, I get it if she thinks that Buffy is a vampire because Buffy was making out with Angel and she saw whatever, whatever. But like at some point during this fight, I think earlier on in this fight than what we see, Kendra would have probably been like, you're not a vamp. Like, you didn't turn into vamp face when I started fighting you. That's, a, you know, a given. So so I just find that a little bit odd. But I'm willing to let it go because I love this fight scene. So great. This is a great fight scene. I also love the moment where Buffy calls out, like, don't make me do that girl fight thing. Yes. <laughs> I think that's fun. Nails and hair. Mm-hmm. Then the old curtain over the head trick. Oh, the old, the old, B- Buffy's, one of Buffy's top moves. Yep. The old drape ya and then kick ya. Yeah. <laughs> Put the stripe over your head, and now I've got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have a great they have a great fight here. A lot of good moves. Buffy gets thrown, breaks a table, the whole thing. And then they have what's really beautiful—the ending scene of this um, episode where they're they're sort of both like in stance, in fight stance, asking each other like, "Who are you?" and "Who are you?" We get this yeah. reveal: "I'm Kendra, the Vampire Slayer." What? what? <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. continued. So great. The only thing we didn't do is the Sexual Attention Award.
0: Yeah. So many great options. Yeah. A lot of great options uh, this episode. I agree. Uh, like Willow and Career Week. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oz and the Canopy. Oz and the Canopy for sure in the running. Hot, hot, hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Principal Snyder and Authority. Yes. So
2: many places that we see sexual tension. Mm-hmm. I personally would like to give it, though, to... Buffy and Vamp Face Angel. Yeah. I think they deserve it. I it's think real. It's, it is real. It's very real. I also want to give it to them because I'm sure that filming that makeout scene was hilarious.
0: With all of those With all that vamp makeup. makeup. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: God. They had to have such a good time doing that. No doubt. It just seems, yeah, real hilarious. So congratulations, <laughs> Buffy and Angel. Um, You have won. Your trophy's in
0: the mail. Yeah. You'll see it soon. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm writing songs and recording those songs. You can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering, and you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs.
2: And I'm Kristen Russo. You can find me on Twitter at KristenNolene. And you can also learn more about my work with Everyone is Gay and My Kid is Gay, two organizations that I run for LGBTQ young people and their families, as well as, you know, all the other stuff I do over on my website at KristenNolene.com. That is K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E.
0: You can find Buffering the Vampire Slayer on Facebook and Twitter at BufferingCast. And you can drop us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. You can support our work by heading on over to our
2: Patreon page, patreon.com slash bufferingcast. You can give at the dollar, $5, or $10 level and get all sorts of fun things, uh, notably... The MP3 files of the songs that we put up every week, Q and A videos with Jenny and I, uh, spoilers that Jenny has accidentally dropped on live episodes, (laughs) uh, and all other sorts of really fun things. You can also head on over to that Patreon page to see the picture that Jenny and I took of ourselves dressed as ourselves, in 1997. Hell yes. uh, Everyone can see that. You don't even have to be a patron. One more time, just so you know, up on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, you can also get that free download of Demons to Fight, the song that Jenny wrote to celebrate 20 years of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, of course, if you have good things to say, we would love to hear them, most notably. As an iTunes review, so if you want to head on over there and leave us a good review, we would be forever indebted to you. Um, and I said last but not least, but there is one more thing. <laughs> Just a reminder that we have new stuff in our store. We have patriarchy shirts, we have fighting shirts, we have buffering shirts. We've got cordette and slayer at pins. We've got new pins that are made by Christine Tuna that are a slayer hand with a stake in it. Oh um, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff over there, and you can find that also on our website. Thank you so much for all that you do to support us. This podcast is becoming better and better every day because of you and all that you do to keep us going.
0: So thanks. Thank you so much. Till next time. Uh Uh
3: My story is written in stone Like going to see the success. sands And somebody ruin the end Already know just what my future holds I'm the slayer, I'm the only one I'll be fighting till my days are done in my way. The order of Taraka is serious. Giles and Angel are scared and I'm feeling underprepared. The walls are closing and my vision's blurred. I'm the slayer, I'm the only one. Might be hiding till my days. Miss Kendra says she's a slayer to be continued.